With the Chiefs opening game at Jacksonville on Sunday, the beginning of the regular season is in sight. This is not a drill or a preseason game. It's the real deal. And we spoke with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid about the game and other topics for Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star sports podcast sponsored by Big O Tires. I'm your host, Blair Kirkhoff, and it's Wednesday, September 4th. And we've got other ground to cover here today on the show. You'll hear from the Star's Missouri beat writer, Alex Schiffer, who provides the autopsy on the Tigers' stunning loss at Wyoming last weekend. And finally, you'll hear from the Royals' new single-season home run champion, Jorge Soler. He rose to the top of the list with his 39th homer on Wednesday night and helped the Royals beat the Tigers. Hey, and I know you do this anyway, but stick around for the outro because we've got some appearance news, starting with uh, Thursday's A-Team Facebook Live at Big O Tires. We'll tell you where at the end of the show. Let's get started with some Chiefs talk about how a huge contract extension agreed to by Rams quarterback Jared Goff this week resonates in Kansas City. Cross another day off the calendar until the Chiefs' opening game. The Super Bowl favorite, to some, met the media on Wednesday, and we heard from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey on a variety of topics. You'll hear them, too, in a moment. But first, this thought. Whenever there's a new deal for an NFL quarterback, in this case, the Rams' Jared Goff, we think of Mahomes and what his next contract could cost the Chiefs. So Goff agreed to a four-year extension worth $134 million at a record $110 million guaranteed. This comes a little less than two months after the Philadelphia Eagles lavished $128 million with $107 million guaranteed to Carson Wentz. Those are the two highest guaranteed contracts in NFL history. Mahomes is entering his third season. Rookie contracts run for four years. Remember, he sat out all but one game in 2017. Then he did the unthinkable in 2018, throwing for 50 touchdowns and nearly 5,100 yards and becoming the first Chiefs player to win the NFL MVP. His average salary over the length of his rookie deal is $4.1 million, making Mahomes the best bargain in the NFL and perhaps in professional sports. But that will change with his next contract. And even with just one season of greatness, it's fun to speculate how much Mahomes could make when the Chiefs and his agents work out the next deal, which will become a hot topic after this season. If Mahomes comes close to duplicating his 2018, what's the salary ceiling? $35 million? $40 million per year? That's record income. Keep in mind a couple things. The Chiefs are looking to extend Tyreek Hill and perhaps Chris Jones. Also, Frank Clark arrived with a $104 million contract with $62 million of that guaranteed. The Chiefs have and will have money tied up in other players. Not that they won't pay Mahomes, who becomes eligible for an extension next March. They will pay him. But when that happens, there'll be something of a financial balancing act to keep as many of the star teammates paid. Mahomes' quest for a big 2019 begins this Sunday in Jacksonville. Let's roll the tape for about three minutes and hear what he had to say about this weekend's game. Maybe you fired up when uh, you guys signed uh, Sean McCoy the other day. You sent out that tweet. I know, I know you've done that with other guys mm-hmm. in the past, but what about this signing kind of got you going? Yeah, I mean, he's obviously uh, been a great player in this league for a long time and someone that is going to come in and I've learned is a very intelligent guy that's seen to pick it up the offense fast. And so, I mean, anytime you add you add good players to this team, I'm, I'm going to be excited about just trying to find a way to win a football game every single week. I know you like the other backs you guys have, but is there something maybe he brings that maybe you guys didn't have? 
Yeah, I mean, I think Damian was, is, is someone that can make plays kind of running the ball and catching the ball as well. But anytime you add uh, a great players to this team, uh, you, you're going to have that depth and just keep adding depth and depth. I mean, I seem like at every single position we can go three or four deep and we still have guys that can make plays. And so it makes my job a lot easier whenever you're able to do that. Has he talked at all about what it was like to work with Andy in, in Philadelphia and just the time that you've known LaShawn? Yeah, he, he, he has. And, I mean, uh, he talks about how he's kind of seen some of the same stuff that, he, that they did back then, but, all, but obviously seeing all the different stuff that we do now. And so it's it definitely going to help him with transitioning into this offense. Not like it's brand new to him, but he's still got to learn all the different innovations that we've kind of added in the, the last few years. Are you Jackson Jules, it's a team you've seen before. When you've got a team that you've played before, you know, how do you do you have notes that you've kept before? How do you go about kind of the way that they played you in it? Yeah, you, you definitely have notes. Uh, you, you get to watch the game a couple times, uh, seeing how they went about it and what they had success with and what, what we had success with. And so uh, I think the, the biggest thing is knowing that they're going to have adjustments and you're going to have to make adjustments on the fly and uh, have adjustments that are going to go in with the game plan. And Jacksonville has a great defense. They have guys in every single position that can make plays. And so just kind of playing that chess match uh, during the game and, and taking what's there and taking those shots when they're there is something that we're going to have to uh, kind of work on throughout the week and go out and capitalize on the game. How was your relationship been like with Chris Conley? No, I still talk to Chris. I mean, Chris is a, was uh, a good friend of mine. Uh, his, his wife and my girlfriend are good friends, and so I'm able to still keep up with him. Uh, I know he's he's going out there working hard and, and uh, excited for the season as well, so it would be kind of cool to get to play against him in that first week. What ways, if any, might you feel different on this day, three days before the start of the season, than you did four days before the start of the season last year? Yeah, I mean, I'm still. You still have that that little in, uh, nervousness of going into the start of the season, but at the same time, just having the familiarity with uh, what what it is and what you need to go out there and accomplish is something that's that's different. Uh, last year, you, you you think you know, but you don't know until you get there. And this year, I kind of have that experience now of how you have to go out there and kind of weather the emotions early, and then go out there and play a good football game. Do you feel you surprised yourself in any way last year? Uh, that, that that first game, I think I got helped out a lot. I think Tyreek ran a punt back the first drive, and then I think I threw a slant to him and he scored a touchdown. So that kind of helped me kind of get settled in pretty quickly there. So uh, uh, just kind of going out there and, and doing what, the, what Coach Reed says to do, not trying to do too much, and letting the offense run itself. Travis Kelsey also looks for another big season. He set the Chiefs' record with 103 receptions in 2018. Here's what he had to say about working with Mahomes. Uh, but how much different does it feel to have seen what he can do in real game situations for a season? And what does that do for you mentally? Um, I think it, that goes back to the question earlier is that it's just, you know, you see what we did last year on film. And uh, there were a few hiccups and a few mistakes uh, here and there. Not, I'm not just saying from Pat, I'm saying from everyone on the offense and, uh, and how we correct those mistakes and go out there and, and, and perform is, uh, is, is what's key. And I mean, it's, uh, it's exciting because we had success last year, but um, still a lot of room to improve. Do you Travis, know something about that, him now that you didn't know a year ago? Man, we got some, we got Oakleys in the, we got a lot of Oakleys. We got, uh, <laughs> we got head and shoulders in the locker room now. Um, yeah, ketchup, yeah, we got Hunt's ketchup. I never heard of Hunt's ketchup before this, this season started, but other than that, man. Kelsey also provided the, um, let's call it lightest moment of the day when he was asked about his brother Jason posing nude with other members of the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line for ESPN's body issue. We'll include a link to the photo gallery in the show notes.
this morning the picture started coming in of the body issue. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah. What, did, what yeah. did you talk to about this? What the bald eagle, man, <laughs> right across the the genitals. Yeah, no, good for him. Good for him. Get that body out there. Make some get some endorsements in. Who knows? Calvin Klein, Haynes. He's available. He's got a baby girl on the way, but he's he's available. Finally, Andy Reid, Big Red, gives his take on Mahomes and how the perception of his quarterback may or may not have changed entering this season. Coach, what's the difference between last year at this time with Patrick, your sense of anticipation and excitement with him, and now, though, with a certain sense of knowledge of what he's going to give you? Is that, is that a different feeling? I don't think so. I, I, you know, we're going in... Uh, I, yeah, I don't feel like it's different. I'm excited to get it going. Excited for him to have an opportunity to start his second year off uh, as a starter. And um, I think he would probably say the same thing, although he's more familiar with uh, the, op- the, the that opportunity to, to start. I mean, he's been through that. and, and um, so. I, but I don't feel any different that way. I'm, not. I'm sure you didn't put any limitations on what you thought he could do last year, but, but, but did he surprise you? Um, yeah, I mean, listen, to say he didn't surprise, he played well and we expected him to play well. Now, I mean, some of the things that went on were, you know, were historical things. So, I mean, uh, um, but it's, uh, you know, he's, he, that was last year. So it's a new year and you go back and you get yourself ready for this. And these great defensive coordinators in this league have had a, Opportunity to study him the whole offseason and, and this offense the whole offseason. So yeah. uh, that's where the challenge comes in. Hey, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll hear from the Stars Mizzou beat writer Alex Schiffer, who talks about the disaster that was the Tigers' loss at Wyoming on Saturday. We'll also hear from Jorge Soler, the Royals' new single season home run champ. The biggest tire sale of the year could only happen at Big O Tires, but you've only got two weeks to get two free tires. That's right, two free tires when you buy two now at Big O Tires through September 9th. Just buy two select tires and you'll receive two free with the purchase of a one-year alignment and tire protection package. That's half off your tires at Big O Tires. It's the biggest tire sale of the year through September 9th only. Buy two tires, get two free. Now at Big O Tires. Big on service, guaranteed low prices. For the location nearest you, go to BigOtires.com. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Alex Schiffer, who covers the Missouri Tigers for the Kansas City Star, is here. He was in... Laramie, Wyoming, over the weekend to see Missouri's 37-31 loss to the Cowboys, an outcome that really no one expected, certainly nobody who follows the Tigers expected. Uh, Mizzou was a big favorite in that game, and and they found a way to lose it. 
Alex, let's just start by, uh, let me start by asking you, what should Missouri fans be most frustrated with, angry about, ticked off? What what was it about that game? What happened in that game that I think for fans to just feel so bitter about? I think it's been just a similar deal where Missouri can't stay out of its own way. You think about the Georgia game last year. It's a big game for them. They spot Georgia. I think the same amount of points they did, uh, they did to Wyoming, 17 points off turnovers. And there are so many times. I don't think there's a singular play you look back at in that game and say if they did this, they would have won. Except Kelly Bryant's fourth down, obviously, at the end of the game. But, I mean, the, the Roundtree fumble, the Kelly Bryant fumble, all the big runs that the defense let up. I just think that both sides of the ball had very costly errors that are very uncharacteristic. And that's why, uh, that's why it was so frustrating. It's a, they, it, it's a totally different game if they cut down on a few of those. Right. I, I think if there are just two areas to hone in on, it was the, the turnovers and the decision-making with one of those turnovers in particular, the Kelly Bryant interception, and then the run defense, which I think everybody expected to be not as big an issue as it turned out to be on on Saturday night with Wyoming rushing for almost 300 yards. Basically, a, a one-dimensional offense, and Missouri still could not stop a one-dimensional offense. And um, uh, let, let's let's talk about that a little bit. What was it? Was it an alignment issue? Was it a uh, personnel issue? What was going on with Missouri's run defense. Yeah, they, they were all out of sorts. I mean, there was one play on one of the big runs by either the quarterback, Sean Chambers, or the tailback, where Kel Garrett and Jordan Omer kind of tackled each other because they were both out of alignment and both were kind of over-pursuing in a way. It was like a bad news bears moment. And it, it just, it, it seems like, I mean, they got nothing really out of the defensive line. And I... The the question that was kind of lingering over the game a little bit that Barry Odom didn't think was the problem, but you kind of wonder if uh, Missouri got into cruise control a little bit when they were up 14 nothing early on, and, and then Wyoming started to make a comeback and capitalized on that. So I, I just think that the, they lost two stud linebackers in Brandon Lee and Therese Hall from last year. You know, it, it seems like Kel Garrett was saying a little bit after the game that he thought that they, the defense picked on Nick Bolton a little bit, or the offense picked on Nick Bolton a little bit, his counterpart at linebacker, because he's not as quick to diagnose plays as, as a veteran. But uh, I, I don't even put a ton of stock in that just because you were with me at Purdue last year when Terry Petrie got subbed in uh, for an injury. The David Blow, the quarterback, immediately started picking on his side of the ball because or his side of the field because he was an inexperienced cornerback. Linebacker, I mean, you got four guys in front of him for the defensive line. Does a play, you know, you, if you even try to pick on him, does it even get that far? Does the defensive line stop the guy? Uh, it, 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 I, I think that it was an interesting comment by Kale, but I, and I'm not saying he's wrong necessarily, but I just, I think it's tougher to pick on a linebacker than it is a, a, a member of the secondary because of, of, the way the scheme, the scheme works. Okay, let's go to the other side of the ball. Which which of the turnovers was the most egregious for the Tigers? <sighs> That's a tough question. Um, I would say the Larry Roundtree one, just because he was crossing over into the end zone, and the the net difference in the play was ten points or so. You know, you think about what Missouri would have scored and what um, what Wyoming did score which was a field goal, which was a tremendous play by Kelly Bryant. You know. People can get after him for the fumble he wants. I mean, I don't know how many quarterbacks chase down the guy to the other end of the field. He horse collar tackled him. He didn't really have a choice. But 
But I, I thought it was a great team play on his on his end. I, I think that's the one where you look at the uh, compared to the rest of them. I think that's the one where you look at what it would have done. It would have been the end of the second half. Missouri goes into halftime tied, getting the ball back, and it, it's a different it's a different game. You know, I, I think Kelly Bryant's interception was god awful. I've told everyone, and I think Sam Mellinger will vouch for me on this. It was the second worst interception I've ever seen in the last two years because of Drew Locke's pick six at South Carolina last year, which to me was still more, which is just terrible compared to this one. But um, triple coverage, throwing off his back foot into the end zone. Across his body. Across his body and a fifth-year senior. That, as as you texted me that night, it's a freshman mistake. He, he's got to be better than that. But I, I still think that Missouri could have worked around his two mistakes and still walked out with a win. And again, there's other decisions too. I mean, Barry Odom electing the punt when Missouri was pretty far downfield in the fourth quarter with five, six minutes left. That was a weird play call in my mind. I, I think that those were, I think that the round tree was the worst because it literally, he was like a little more, uh, he, uh, a few steps away from holding on to it into the end zone for seven points. Whereas the others, you know, may, maybe we were saying in the press box, only Patrick Mahomes could have threw a touchdown like the Brian interception. Right. Only he could fit in through that window. Right, right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think that the, the, the Roundtree fumble had uh, a greater impact on the game, but the, the Bryant interception was just a kind of a brain dead moment for him that I expected more. And I believe he had Albert O open in front of him. I'd have gotten the ball to my All-America tight end and see if he could have made a play. Maybe he doesn't score but Missouri doesn't doesn't turn the ball over, and they get a, at least a field goal out of that possession. So um, I'll tell you what, Alex, let's let's leave it here, and we will continue this conversation on Friday's edition of Sportsbeat KC. Hey, not all news is bad for the Royals these days. History was made at Kauffman Stadium on Tuesday night when Jorge Soler hit his 39th home run, becoming the team's leader for home runs in the season. You'll recall Mike Moustaka set the record in 2017 when he finished with 38. Moose had surpassed Steve Balboni's mark of 36 that was set in the World Series championship season of 1985. Here's Soler, a Cuban native, and Royals quality control and catching coach Pedro Grafal serving as the translator. And after Soler and Grafal, you'll hear from Mike Moustakas, now with the Milwaukee Brewers. I just wanted to ask Jorge, uh, when does he think it'll sink in that he's in the record books now? When do you think that te lo vas a sentir que estás en un récord de Kansas City. Bueno, ahora mismo es que no me lo siento. Sé que está lo que está pasando y esto y lo otro, pero estoy tan emocionado que no, 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 no lo, no lo, sabes. Creo que cuando llegue a mi casa ahorita que me que esté tranquilo, creo que voy a decir, wow, es increíble lo que hice. There's a lot of emotions going on right now. He says maybe when he gets home, but right now uh, it still hasn't, it still hasn't sunk in. He, he said before that he feel any pressure, but is there just maybe a tiny sense of relief that that part's gone and now you just kind of proceed to maybe get 45 homers or whatever. Dice que tú dijiste antes que no tenías tanta presión, pero que si ahora te sientes como aliviado que, que ya diste honrón y ahora vas a terminar con 45 por ahí en casa. Bueno, realmente no sé con qué cuánto honrón pueda seguir ahora en adelante, ¿sabes? Eso es lo que se, se dice, pero yo realmente no puedo controlar eso. No tenía, no tenía, ¿sabes? No tenía tanta presión porque ya había empatado el récord y quedan muchos huevos, ¿sabes? Sabía que en tantos huevos yo, yo, no se me iba a hacer tan difícil dar un jorrón. He says that uh, he didn't really feel the pressure because we still had a, a bunch of games left. 
um, like he said out there, the only time he felt that pressure was when he was those, those 10 days um, that he didn't hit a home run. But once he tied the record, uh, he felt like the pressure was off just because of the amount of games we had left. What's he going to do with the ball? ¿Qué va a hacer con la bola? La voy a la voy a para mi casa y la voy a poner en en un sitio bien especial. He's going to put it in his house in a special place. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Can you take us through that last at bat to show what he was looking for and how it unfolded in his mind? The home the home run. Que si explica qué tú estabas pensando en ese turno y cómo cómo pasó el turno ese que picheo por picheo. Bueno, primer El primer picheo me tiró dos cambios seguidos, me tiró el aire para el piso, me tiró después un cambio alto. El tercer picheo lo, yo lo cogí porque pensé que me iba a tirar fuera de la zona, me tiró recto al mellejón. El otro picheo me tiró, creo que fue un cambio, lo baniqué. Y después con dos, con dos y dos, en dos, en dos y dos creo que mm -hmm. fue un patazo, él como quiso sorprenderme tirarla adentro y yo pude reaccionar. He had taken two, two changes. Uh, then he threw him a slider, then he, then he kind of surprised him with a fastball right down the middle. Um, or, or I, said, I mean, maybe backwards. He threw him a, a fastball down the middle, then threw him a slider. But then he thought that, you know, he might try to sneak a fastball by him in, in that 2-2 two -two count, and um, so he was ready for it. Cody, go ahead. I'm sorry, Cody. Ned had mentioned all the people who helped you along the way, but your hard work as well just... When you're thinking about an accomplishment like this, do you do you go through and kind of think about the people who helped you get to this point? Dice que el manager habló mucho de la gente que te han ayudado a ti a llegar a, a llegar a esto a este momento, pero también el trabajo tuyo eh, que has hecho el trabajo que has puesto para para estar aquí. Que si ahora ahora cuando tienes el récord, si tú piensas toda la gente que te han que te han ayudado. Obviamente que sí, son muchas las personas que me han ayudado desde que estoy en el off season, desde que llegué aquí a Kansas City, eh, tú, el Terry. Jerinkou, Miguel, mucha gente me han ayudado y están seguro que ustedes han dado cuidado del logro que yo he tenido. Yeah, he, he says that there's a lot of people involved in this. Um, you know, our hitting coaches here, Terry Bradshaw, Mike Tozar back in Miami. Um, a lot of people involved in this and, and um, there's a lot of pride from, from that group of people that he's been able to accomplish this. Over the course of this year, what's been the, the biggest thing that has unlocked him and allowed him to do what he has done? Dice durante el año que ha sido lo más importante para ti para prepararte para hacer esto que que como que te ha puesto a ti en, encajado en un que que te sientes así bueno man, tratar de mantenerme enfocado cuando llegó la primera mitad eh, estaba estaba yo estaba en la casa y había me estaba punchando mucho y sabes yo me puncho pero me, creo que me estaba punchando más en la cuenta y con dos strikes no me tiraban casi ni ni strike y yo estaba desesperado yo dije bueno yo tengo que hacer un ajuste Entiende, lo que pasa que yo no, yo lo que quería era seguir dando jonrón, seguir dando jonrón y quería como batear la fuerza y dije no, ya es un momento ya que yo tengo que empezar a ser más inteligente, tratar de reconocer mejores picheos y mantenerme más calmado. Y yo creo que eso lo eso eso es lo que más me ha ayudado. He said the most important thing has been um, this happened right before the All-Star break. It's been just to be more disciplined. He he felt like he was striking out too much in the first half. He felt like he was an easy out with two strikes. They weren't throwing him. They weren't throwing him any strikes. He was chasing, so he went home and he's like, "I got to start walking. I got to start being more disciplined." And and that's what he's done. He thinks that's been the key to his success here uh, this year and, and in the second half. Pedro, he's talked to me before about having to maybe justify the trade because it was such, for such a big time closer. Do, does he feel now that 
he's done that with, with you know this kind of record and the kind of type of season he's had. Que tú hablado antes de 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 la presión que tú tenías del cambio, que tú querías justificar el cambio ese, que si ahora te sientes bien de de de, de ese cambio. Sí, me siento bien, gracias a Dios, y me imagino que la organización también. Yeah, he says he feels good, thank God, and uh, he feel and he also thinks that the organization's pretty happy too. <laughs> <laughs> As, um, uh, Michael Starks had taped uh, congratulations. I wonder if he saw it and what he thought of it. Que Mutaka también te dijo algo en en no sé dónde lo puso, pero te te mandó algo. No sé, que sí, si tú lo, que si tú lo nosotros desde anteriormente ya hemos estado testeando cuando yo tenía como 36. Él me testió y me estaba dando, él me me estaba apoyando. He said that they started texting each other when he was around right 36 and. Um, he was behind him all the way. It's Moose, just want to say congratulations on breaking the single season home run record. It's about time somebody broke this record. It's been a while. Uh, just want to say congratulations. Couldn't happen to a better person. I uh, love you guys. Love you, Georgie. And uh, congratulations again, man. Links to the stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. The Star has apps for the Chiefs and the Royals specific coverage. Go to Red Zone Extra for the Chiefs and True Blue for the Royals. Thanks to producers Kathy Liu and Leah Becerra for piecing together today's show. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, help us out by rating and reviewing Sportsbeat KC. We'd love to hear from you, and your review could help us reach more listeners. Hey, I got a couple of plugs for you. Tomorrow's Facebook Live, which will turn into the podcast, will originate from Big O Tires in Overland Park at 7333 West 119th Street. If you're getting your tires rotated tomorrow, do it in the morning and come out and see us. Also tomorrow, Sportsbeat KC favorites Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian will be on stage at the Kansas City Public Library, the Plaza Branch, to discuss all things sports in the region. I'll be there too. Come out and see us. The program begins at 6.30 p.m., 4801 Main Street. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk sports in Kansas City again tomorrow.